Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. On this episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Emmy Deland, SVP and Chief Strategy Officer at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, to talk digital technology and healthcare. Her career started as an international banker and later worked at Mount Sinai Medical Center and the Brigham and Women's Hospital. Emmy was a keynote panelist at our Healthcare Providers Transformation Assembly and gives us the inside scoop. Thank you so much for joining us, Emmy. Um, thank you for coming to Healthcare Providers as well. Um, you've just stepped off the panel session this morning uh, where you were talking about data and population health management and transformation in that area. Um, what were the takeaways from the panel this morning? Um, that I'm not sure that we totally know how to use the data and really turn it into effective information and knowledge. Uh, that we have a lot of it from a lot of vendors and mm-hmm. that we could be much more in, uh, efficient in, in how much money we're spending on uh, accessing our data. Um, and I think that everybody uh, of the panels are facing very similar challenges. That's really interesting. Um, um, so when I was uh, researching yourself, your role at New York Presbyterian, um, I came across a press release about the venture fund that you guys have to invest in digital health technology. Uh, the first investment was actually to Avitsia, who sells telemedicine devices and software. So I was just wondering how you think digital technology is revolutionizing the business of healthcare, which is a very big question, I know. <laughs> well, I think that that's the best question you could have asked me. Um, we just had our own senior management retreat this weekend. And um, we've the charge that by the end of this year, 20% of our visits, don't ask me how to define visits, mm-hmm. should be virtual. Okay. And that we have an enormous, uh, elaborate telemedicine uh, program at New York Presbyterian called New NYP On Demand. Mm-hmm. And it's our belief that it's going to change the model of care for the better. It's going to improve the patient experience. Mm -hmm. It's actually better quality. It's going to be more affordable. um, And I think it's going to provide faster access to care. So we are totally committed as one of our major ways of providing quality patient experience, cost effectiveness, um, our virtual health platform. And the Venture Fund is a small part of that effort. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really the tail that's wagging the dog. Um, but as we move more and more into virtual health, we want to make sure that we are investing in those companies mm-hmm. that we think are going to provide the abilities to really provide those services. Mm, definitely. So, I mean, we have a lot of healthcare leaders here who are doing similar things, looking at the technology that will help improve patient experience engagement. So what challenges have you faced with launching these digital programs over your career? Well, so the biggest uh, challenge is really falls under the regulatory environment mm-hmm. um, at the state level, licensing requirements at multiple state levels, reimbursement, mm-hmm. uh, and then trying to figure out how do you um, how do you change workflows mm-hmm. to be able to accommodate the changes that are required 
um, by the virtual visits. And one of the things that we've done in, is, as a way is in our emergency room, we set up a system called Express Care. Patients could c come in. They can, if they have level four or five um, diagnoses, they can have a choice between getting their care through a virtual experience or actually being seen by a doctor. If it's okay. a virtual, they can be out of there in about 29 minutes. If it's a physician, they'll be probably two and a half hours. We have net promoter scores of 95 for patients who are being seen virtually, and we have an age of everything from 19 to 96 that have been seen through express care. And that's our way of trying to not totally disrupt the normal workflows, but make it as part of an alternative experience. And I think that's gonna be ultimately, I believe regulatory licensing, uh, reimbursement will change, but figuring out this new model of care is going to be a challenge. Definitely. Actually, talking of working with relationships, I mean, you wrote an interesting article on Catalyst, and I sort of talked about healthcare like an orchestra. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, how, you know, if multiple stakeholders in healthcare are coming together to deliver one standard of care, how do you leverage the expertise of many to make sure that you're delivering personalized care? That seems like a very diff difficult challenge at the moment. To deliver, so explain a little bit more to me what you're, what you're, no matter what we do, mm -hmm. there are multiple people that are delivering yeah. care to the patient. Mm. So are you asking the question, is it more difficult if it relates to precision medicine or uh, is no, it... So, so, um, if, I mean, the article in particular talked about how you guys actually brought an orchestra we did. in into New York Presbyterian and looked at how those 90 people came together to okay. deliver. So, so, so it's actually all about teamwork mm -hmm. and it's all about respect. Mm -hmm. And because it takes so much coordination and teamwork to provide care, um, it, the idea behind the orchestra is if you listen to an orchestra, there are frequently 20 different instruments that are all playing different parts of a, of a concerto or uh, of a symphony. And you can, if you listen to them play, if they're not playing coordinated and listening to each other and timely and collegially, it sounds pretty awful. Mm -hmm. yeah, very true. <laughs> and so the idea behind having this orchestra was to have the different, the winds and the horns and the drums all showing us how important it is to work seamlessly together, which you can apply to everything that we mm -hmm. do at the, at the hospital. And it was, um, I think, what was really fun is we got to sit with the members of the orchestra so that you could really feel you were a part of hearing the difference in, in, in the musicality. I think it's such an inventive way to look at it. I really do. It was fantastic reading about it. So how has uh, New York Presbyterian's relationship with physicians, academics, and students at Columbia and Bay Cornell, your two academic partners, helped to shape your innovation strategy? That That's a great question. We just had a discussion that we um, are just beginning to take advantage of the enormous talent and creativity of our residents and our young faculty. And we have just launching 
a what we call our lead program, which is a young uh, attending development program that on the one hand will teach young physicians what they need to know about hospitals and teamwork and leadership and financial and statistical skills as it relates to running a hospital. And on the other hand, they will be able to tell the incredible knowledge that they have of having worked in the interstitial cavities of our hospital and be able to provide us with how we can improve the delivery of care through the vision that they bring. Mm. And it is remarkable um, how we haven't taken as much opportunity to have them share with us what they know, because mm -hmm. I think we have thought that they're busy doing what they need to be doing instead of asking them, mm. you know, they feel sometimes they're a decoration on a committee instead of being an essential member of the team, because I don't think we've done as good a job as we can to incorporate their talent. So it's one of our major initiatives for this year mm. and is to improve um, our engagement with our entire medical staff. Oh, wow, that's really so interesting. So the timing of your yeah, question, very, very, wow. you, you're, batting, you're batting three for three. <laughs> yeah. um, so actually talking about, you know, how you leverage um, your partners, and when you're looking at, you know, making change across an entire health system, it's a huge, it's a huge job. So how do you ensure that this change is sustainable across the entire system? Well, I think... It's all about the leadership. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it's about the leadership and it's mm -hmm. about the consistency in the words that are said and the actions mm -hmm. that are done. And um, I think that it's too early to tell um, whether the changes are sustainable. Mm -hmm. uh, we're only, we're 20 years into our merger. But I think if you look at the achievements we made to date, it's pretty remarkable bringing two cultures in. We've now added um, four additional hospitals over the last three years, and we need to bring them into our culture. And we need to improve our own culture. So, but, but I think the priority of, of really trying to achieve number one in the country is what we're, our vision is. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've assembled a pretty remarkable team that, uh, and great leadership that we should be able to, to do it. But recidivism is a constant threat to our achievement. Mm -hmm. awesome. Actually, talking about priorities, you made a very interesting point in the panel. We were talking about, you know, you've got your patient engagement priority, your physician engagement priority. There's, you know, cybersecurity coming up at the moment. How do you prioritize out of all of the different elements everyone's talking about? So, so I, I, I really do mean, I, I mean it when I said it. If you look at our priorities, with the exception of um, our culture of respect, which mm -hmm. is definitely new, you'd see that the order of the priorities might have changed a little bit, but quality patient experience, you know, efficiency, access, you, you'll see that many standardization, financial health, they're not that different. They might have different weights than they've had in the, the previous, but how we want to do it is what really we're focused in is that we want to go back to it. We want it to be through visualization. 
We want it to be through leadership development. We want to be through physician leader dis development as well. So I think it's how we're going to achieve it is what's changing rather than than the priorities in it in in and of themselves. Thanks a lot of sense. So um, just to finish off, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your time at Healthcare Providers Transformation Assembly. So firstly, what was the biggest benefit to attending coming to Nashville the past couple of days? I think that the people that I've met here are uniform, uniformly uh, intelligent, thoughtful, uh, and extraordinarily pleasant to be with. Oh, that's lovely. That's very nice. And uh, one last question. What has stood out to you about this event in comparison to other events that you've attended? It's small and it's extremely well organized. Uh, and it, you know, some, I would be honest to say, some of the sessions were better than other of the mm -hmm. sessions. Um, but in totality, it has, it's, it's an, it's a tremendously well put together and thoughtful group that you've assembled. Great, thank you so much. So, That's amazing. Thank so. you. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our other interviews exclusively on Digital Diary.